This episode of Dear Jessamine has profanity, sex talk, weed smoking, and a bunch of other shit that's just not for everybody. You also may not agree with the stuff we say or how we say it, and we think that's great. We promote cannabis medicine to people over 21. If you're not 21, come back when you are. So to continue from last time, uh, you walked out by saying what? You walked out. Uh, we're we're starting a threesome for your birthday. For, it's a birthday threesome. Jessamine plus two incredibly hot butches. And then all of a sudden you weren't inside of me anymore. <laughs> you were out of the bed and you were. You had, I your heard your, your lips were by my ear. And you said what? I said, um, I'm going to go. Everything's okay. Don't make a scene. I love you. Happy birthday. <clears throat> and, and you said what? Did I say that? You did. Yeah. Because I mean. And then you, and then you said nothing. Again with you said exactly what I needed to hear. You knew that you needed to say don't make a scene. Because I would have made a scene. Well you would have performed please don't go. When like you didn't need me to not go. Yeah. And I, and I was just informing you that you didn't need to perform that for me. Because I know you love me. And that you love having sex with me. And that you want me to stay. But I'm not going to stay. I'm going to go. Mm. And part of what you didn't know was that. Um, I was communicating non-verbally with um, the other person who was there and they were sort of giving me some clarity that they weren't interested in having sex with me. Mm-hmm. And I would very happily have sex with you while they're having sex with you. <laughs> that would be amazing. But we hadn't talked about that beforehand. And there was, didn't, I feel like it would fuck with y'all's connection or your energy or your time to take time to talk about that now. And as much as I wanted to, I just, I didn't want to like, for instance, come around and get on the other side of you and, and you know what I mean? Just like mm-hmm. fuck you the way I know how I how to and how I want to and how you like it um, or be able to communicate with you in ways that I know that you and I can communicate. Right. Um, because I didn't want to fuck with the vibe and, um, and it was your birthday, you know, and you were the priority for me in that moment was just like, whatever could be the most pleasurable and is that a word? And like not take away from this experience for her. Um, you and- were really like the best poly partner, ever. <laughs> the best partner ever. That was amazing. And so I went downstairs and I laid down on my mattress on the floor, which was weirdly propped up in a way that I was just like, okay, it's like a hammock. It's fine. And I laid there for a, maybe like 10 or 15 minutes trying to see if I could go to sleep. Absolutely fucking not. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Lost your mind. And then I was like, where are my headphones? My headphones. Cause I was like, if this gets loud, I'm going to get upset and like jealous and sad because I want to be there. And I was pretty much told that I should go. Not by I'm you. waiting for you to Stop tell talking. your story so that I can tell my side. Please, I can't continue. wait. And um, and so then my headphones were upstairs with y'all. A lot of things actually were. My keys were too. I had to go into a box and find a spare key. It's hilarious to get in my car because I wanted to leave. So I was driving around for a while. My weed was upstairs. Ooh, I was mm. mad, <laughs> and because uh, <laughs> I wanted it, but I didn't want to interrupt. And so I was driving, and I wasn't planning on going to the, this person's at my lover's house, but I ended up there. So I, I went there and, uh, we had sex and, uh, that person had to do something I think earlier in the morning, but also like I had told them long before that I 
didn't like to fall asleep in other people's beds. <clears throat> Mostly that's just a boundary that I offer because that's my, that's where I'm at in my relationship with you in this moment is like, I want to wake up with you. I want to be coming home in a way that like I'm sharing my life with you and not like keeping it from you or like substituting you or something like also I like to start my day with you. So that's that. So I came home, um, and got into bed with you behind you and we started talking, which was pretty sweet. It was really sweet. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, I just want to pick up from that moment where when I left. Yeah. Because I experienced everything really differently from you. And I also was just thinking like, how much of this do I really want to talk about? And I think I want to be judicious in my language, but I, you said that, that you were going to go and I was really upset Mm. and I did not want you to go, but I also felt like, okay, I've had a solid attraction with this person from the, from, I don't know about the moment that I met them, but definitely like since we first met, Mm -hmm. we've had like a flirtatious vibe and I'm like, you're both literally extremely flirtatious people. Literally. So it makes really good sense. I mean, like you're both two of the most flirtatious people I've ever met. That's so interesting. Definitely true. Y'all are very We're similar. Very similar, which I think is does not bode well for the future of this story. So I <laughs> uh we are so similar, this person and I. Yeah. And um I really was interested in the I was more interested in the idea of being with both of you. Mm-hmm. And when you left, I was kind of like, okay, um, I hate saying what I'm thinking. Um, I just wanted to be polite. <laughs> Mostly like I wanted to have good etiquette. Mm. Um, oh God, I am such a cad. Anyway. I think that everybody's who's out here not enjoying connection with somebody and not intending to like marry them. I don't know. Like, I think that folks are out here having sex with folks. You know what I mean? Like, well, I don't have a lot of casual sex, honestly. Like, I think that's part of it is that I'm like, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah. And so, but so, you know, this, the first time that I, (laughs) the first time that I had sex with anybody, I don't let them penetrate me. Like, that's just not, I think it's not a hard and fast rule, but it has been a consistent theme I've noticed Mm -hmm. from like the last Unless it is a very, like, I mean, I don't even. (laughs) Same. Yeah, it's literally, it's just like, I don't know you, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know you. And what I do know is that making me come is more complicated than I'm necessarily trying to get into with a stranger. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not. I don't feel that invested in it. And so I had decided that from when you left. And so I was, it was just kind of a, I think I was very guarded during Mm -hmm. it, but it ended up being one of the most interesting and in a lot of ways, beautiful experiences to be able to like, because this person and I are very similar Mm -hmm. and we just were able to talk very fluidly throughout it. And they're very direct in a way that, um, I felt like we fucked as friends. Mm. It was very much like we fucked as friends and then this person fell asleep mm-hmm. and or pretended to. This is a whole other thing. I think y'all don't sleep. Is that for real? Stop doing this. 
isn't funny anymore. I'm over that. Whatever. It doesn't have to be funny. I'm just being real. Anyway, this person may or may not have been pretending to be asleep, Uh, (laughs) but I was like wide awake for a long time and texting you. And I was like, you were mad at me, though. You're mad. that I left. Well, yeah, I was mad. You had you a left. lot of emotions. I thought that maybe for a while, I thought maybe you were watching from the door, which I was like, I hope so. <laughs> and then that I thought maybe such a great were, time to do that. You, literally. I'm very mad that I didn't do that. I don't even understand. I'm very mad. I that hoped I didn't that you that. were by the door. Then I thought maybe you were like in the next room. Mm, like listening. Yeah. And then I thought maybe you were just downstairs. And so after this person fell asleep. I came downstairs to look for you and you were not there. Mm-hmm. And I was very sad. Mm. And I was like, and I looked outside. I knew you, if you weren't down there, I knew that you weren't in the house, but I looked for your car and your car wasn't there. And I was like, very sad. And, um, I went upstairs and I was texting you and you did not text me back. And I'm in bed with somebody else. So like, I'm grimy. I get this. <laughs> like, this is not good. They're asleep. I don't know. You're not like. Right. Asleep. Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. Okay. So I fell asleep eventually. You eventually came back. And uh, the sun was coming up. The sun was coming up. I wrote in my journal that I was in bed with these two people because I didn't want to forget <laughs> that that happened. Because even with all the weirdness of it, it was one of the best experiences of my life. I think it's something that I'm very happy about. Why best experiences of your life? Because I am a hedonist in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy just being able to have that experience and have it be the the weirdness that it was. Like, it's... When you have sex with someone for the first time, it is... I don't know. They make it seem in movies like it's like, oh my God, my life has changed. I'm like, a man You're saying this. this. Yeah, but they're talking about like, no, it's the best sex I've ever had in my life. Like, that's only something that, like I think straight people would say. Honestly, I'm like the first time you have sex with somebody, I think it's probably the worst time. But, but the most beautiful. In some ways, I guess. I don't know. Not for me personally, but you just I said guess. that about this experience. I didn't say that. I'm talking about most beautiful experiences of my life overall, not specifically a sexual experience. Hmm. Sexually, I think it was kind of like it was fine. That this person, I think, I hope that they would agree too. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't think it's, I'm not trying to, it's not personal. But I think that, like, the first time you don't know each other, and I've always likened it to a tea bag. Like, when you put a tea bag into water, if you drink it immediately, it does not taste like anything. It just tastes like water, T- tinted with tea. You have to let it steep. And I like to have my sex once it's been well steeped sex specifically even if you have steeped like emotional energy tea Mm. sex tea is like you because you just don't know each other you don't know what the other person is comfortable with Mm -hmm. and if you have something in your head at the start of a sexual interaction and you don't get that shit out or you don't commit to just being in the moment Mm -hmm. you will not be having sex (laughs) like you will not you will be making a grocery list or whatever the fuck Mm, and like that I think is generally what happens but as far as experiences in my life like of just just fully being myself and being with other people that ranked really high for me. And, oh yeah. And I appreciate that. About well, that person really offers a lot of space for that. All right. Well, and then it was my birthday. Your family came to visit. 
My family very sweet. Visit. We got to show your dad the camper. He's very invested. I love that. Me too. And then we went to the lake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we we got in water, which is very important mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. But I'm beginning to understand how important it is to me too. The water is very grounding. Then there was talk of acid. Mm-hmm. LSD, that, that kind. LS of the D. I've always been a fan of acid. Me too. Though I will say the last times that I've done acid that I can think of, it has been not the best trip. Really? The, there, I'm thinking of one specific time and I can't remember if it was the last time before this. It might not have been. Mm-hmm. But I just remember thinking, I remember being in the kitchen and thinking like, yeah, this is a little bit too real for me. Like this is, this is real in a way that I don't prefer. Okay. And so perhaps... I should have taken that into consideration before taking way too much acid on my birthday on with you and this other person. So filling in just the gap, this other person like left briefly in the morning and came back to our house and came to the lake with us and all of your friends. And that bugged me because I felt like they were trying to get into a part of your life after having sex with you that they weren't invited into. I thought that they had been invited to hang out on my birthday. I didn't think it was that personal. Yeah. I mean, but I didn't. I mean, especially because they came to Durham to spend time with you. Which they were fucking you instead. They literally had sex with me one time and I really feel like both of us were good. And then the whole afternoon, it was you too, though. It was how interested you were in them after it. It was how... Right. And it was annoying to me. I was annoyed by that, how hot they were. They came to hang out with me, but you were like after them. And so I was like, I can't hang out with them because you're after them. You know what I mean? And like them. Yeah. Fine. So it was my birthday. I wanted it to be, I told you I didn't want to come to the lake so you could have them. You said that that when we were in the car on the way to the lake. Walking, I think the dog ran away or something. We were walking up the street and I was like, I really don't want to go. And you said, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't do that. Don't do that. This is my birthday. Don't do that. I was like, it's you fine. planned all this and then you're like, I don't want to go to the lake. And I was like, I did not want to go watch you swoon over my friend. And I didn't want my, f- I did, there was a whole dynamic experience that I wasn't interested in. And I would just as soon receive you, maybe set up the house or clean, do take, take a load off, whatever. Do you know what I mean? And like, not be just like annoyed. Cause I was like annoyed and like, Man, and I was in pain. Like I had these huge blisters on my feet that were making everything really painful. I would say the majority of the people that you're closest to don't really prefer spending time with me anyway. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm not there with anybody. You know what I mean? It was like, and and not even my friend who had ostensibly come to see me was hanging out with me because they were hanging out with you because y'all wanted to hang out with each other. So it felt pretty bad to spend the whole day watching y'all be excited about each other. When I literally was like, I mean, but that, why did I limit my, you know what I mean? Like my openness and I didn't want to, and that's why I didn't want to be there. Um, but I did and it was awkward and then we left and I was annoyed with myself for having an attitude problem. And I don't know even how that looked, probably looked like I was annoyed with you for having a crush. It definitely didn't look like that. But we got home where that person also came and we all did acid. 
And you and I did a bunch of acid. Yeah, we did a, a bunch of acid. And so it came on the way it does, like uh, maybe a little faster than usual, actually. I'm sure that had to do with how much we took. And I feel, I feel fine about it for myself, not for other people, you know? And it came on, we were dancing. I was trying mm. to really let go. I was really trying to let the acid like offer me the spaciousness that it often does and the gentleness that it often offers me and the ability to like see compassion and see people as very complex beings who have lots and lots of experiences and needs and like just have myself among them. People, animals, plants, everybody the same, everybody full of everything, you know? And I was like really offering myself to that and wanting to surrender to that and specifically wanting to get out of my head around like what all these abandonment and lost feelings feel like when that, when jealousy comes up for me and it was happening, like we were dancing. I was like, okay, I need to move my body and like, let it out. And like, y'all were having this amazing conversation about music that I didn't know as much mm -hmm. about as y'all did and had as much context for as y'all had. And so listening to y'all talk about that always, I mean, this person taught me so much about music and that's a huge part of my relationship with them from 10 more 12 years ago you know and you also I love the things that you know about music and how you share that and how you offer that to me and so listening to the two of you talk about music was amazing I was like this is I'm blessed you know what I mean like this is my version or whatever of that of that moment that you were like what I was like what two of y'all and music and we get to do it together and then we get to dance it together and we get to be tripping together which is like a different experience of mm -hmm. dancing and like the metaphors and all of the sounds mm -hmm. and the rhythms and all of it to coming together and like sending a message and telling a story and like ugh, heaven mm. blessings I mean just pure my dream come true and then things changed <laughs> <laughs> okay I so we did we took the acid I uh I should have taken, I learned a big lesson on this trip, yeah. which was never take that much acid again. Yeah. Um, I think it would have been fine if I would taken like half as much, honestly. Yeah. Fun, um, even. Amazing. Yeah. It was fun-ish. It was, it was sketchy for me from the beginning, yeah. if I'm being completely honest. Um, I, I felt like it came on and I was like, okay, heard, I'm chilling. It's like, it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, and like, we're talking about music, this is great, but it was just, it was very intense. And I did appreciate that. Um, I always just go with it. I mm -hmm. try to go with it. Mm -hmm. I hate so much mentally talking myself out of psychedelics. Yeah. The, I hate it. It's so annoying. Um, so I appreciated that it just took me yeah. up, you know, it was just like a full sweep and I what I remember I remember we listened to a lot of great music and I remember we were listening to this person knows Maggot Death by fucking Funkadelic and this I was I have not been that familiar with this album honestly like there's one song on it that we did listen to that I knew before listening to it more mm -hmm. And one, the first song on it, the title track, Maggot Death, 
is one of those songs that was for sure written when people were on acid. Yeah. Like that somebody was doing drugs, like some something was happening because you just can't. I don't, there's so much music that we've listened to while on acid that I'm like, you I fully get. Now. get. Yeah. yeah. But like, you can't understand it otherwise. And you would never notice you, what literally. we're talking about. And you could enjoy it, but I, like you wouldn't absolutely. understand that um, they're understanding the true depth of everything. And there is so much profound sadness in the song Maggot Death mm-hmm. in a way that mm-hmm. I was really experiencing during this trip. I was really sitting in the darkness of all of us, the three of us in mm-hmm. particular, like the just the I mean, because we're having this like very hedonistic day, honestly, yeah. like starts with a threesome <laughs> turned into not. But then also turned like all of these acrobatic different- fucking twosome deep but right <laughs> there's something about acrobatic sex like non-missionary <laughs> sex that i that i feel like is especially you know what i mean like getting into the like yeah it is it is very animalistic animalist yeah yeah totally. <laughs> it's very oh wow yeah absolutely then like we're in the water and eating great food mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. all these different things it are happening great. right and then we come back to the house and we drop acid and then we're like listening to music and it's just very like highly I think honestly what some people are running from whenever they Mm -hmm. engage with people who are hedonistic is that they're like I don't like this like you're being scary right now and I felt scared we had like minimal clothing on we were outside it was loud yes it was hot and sticky there was so much sweat it was like absolutely what you think of when you tell your kids to stay away from people is what we were doing literally (laughs) that's exactly right and I was scared of us I was scared of myself Mm. and um we're listening to Maggot Death, which is like just getting progressively scarier. And I was getting Do yourself just like, a favor. Take a second. Yeah. YouTube. Maggot Death Funkadelic. Yeah. Listen to after we talk about this, maybe yeah, okay. listen to Maggot Death <laughs> and then let it go. Listen to it on Spotify or wherever and let it go into the next song, which is Can You Get to That? That's that that's the music that we're listening to during this. So we're getting into I had not listened to them really close together like this and not while on acid. And I wish we were able to listen to them on vinyl because mm-hmm. they're meant to go together totally, like that. Totally. Oh, man, that's an album. If Oh, my God. I was, oh, my God. So we're listening to it and it's just so fucking scary, sad and and just like and it's like you hear it in this song it's literally like they're plucking the guitar out so hard it's the only song on the album that has like no vocals and one instrument the fungadelic is a choir they have so many voices and instruments and they're doing a lot and this is just solo cutting heart splitting guitar riff and then it goes into slight darkness and then it comes into this triumphant jubilant song Mm. can you get to that and that shit is so on acid in the summer i mean it is like it's literally like the hero's journey it is just like this full vast vastness just like i mean it was it was incredible and we like erupted all dancing and singing and just being in this space and it was so beautiful and then there was so much emotion and then it got scary really quickly (laughs) like from there I got like extremely scared and I started to have a lot of weird feelings about you and this other person 
I was questioning whether or not you and I should be engaging with each other at all. I was questioning whether or not this person should even be in my house. I determined that they should not be in my house. I am paraphrasing like a motherfucker because I don't really feel like telling all my business to the internet right now. But I came to a realization within myself that this person needed to leave the house. It was very much like an otherworldly experience. And I was like, I cast them from the house. And then there was this whole fucking thing of like, and then you cast me from the house. Then I cast you from the house. I can't tell you, I can't. And this is, I was on whatever. Like I was open to more things, but like I was incapable of stop. You essentially told me to leave in very, very intense language. And I felt, and I ran down the stairs Mm -hmm. and I ran outside and I ran to my car and you were calling after me and I wanted to stop and I couldn't. And I felt, And I, and I drove fat. I mean, it was like very bad decisions. I want to be so clear that like, I haven't said much about the acid. I would not take that much. Mm. I would not do that again in an environment that was so chaotic. We had no furniture. Mm. We had, everything was so scary. I have a picture of you from that experience. We have nothing on the wall. We have no furniture anywhere. There's boxes, there's Mm. trash. It looks like we're in a different it was a total sliding doors version of our life than we Absolutely. actually are. It looked like we, it looked very, it looked like drugs were a way bigger part of our life than <laughs> they are. Literally. It looked like we, the kind of care that we understand how to give ourselves was, had never existed. Absolutely. And it's an important moment. I mean, like this is definitely a way I could have, could be living now. A hundred percent. There's no, I have very close family members who live very much the way that I'm describing. Mm. Like it's not a bad thing or a far away mm-hmm. thing or something that isn't who I am, but I saw it <laughs> and I was like, wow. Mm. So, um, I got in the car and I shouldn't have yeah. is the next part of my story, but I felt really cast out. I felt like I couldn't even stop myself from leaving because I had been spiritually removed. Yeah. And like, that's the, de- that's some of the depths of what happened without giving your business away, you know, talking about your story. Like my story is that like, we were in a different dimension where power looked really differently mm. and energy was the main source of experience, mm. <laughs> you know, experiencing this world as opposed to the bodies that we use in like this, in this moment, mm. I'm using my body mostly to experience the world, to hear and speak and taste and whatever, all that mm-hmm. body we were using energy in that, in where I was Mm. in the trip. And you're, you are very, very powerful. You have very powerful energy. And I had, I felt like I had a very sparse, (coughs) like not powerful energy. And that wasn't bad. It just was the way it was. And, um, yeah, I was, when I was sort of dipping into, like I maintained, for instance, this was something I noticed after the trip. I maintained my sense of responsibility the whole time. So everything that I knew mattered to me and values, everything I knew mattered to me going into the trip maintained the whole way. There was a moment when I was like, should I chase after my friend or let her experience what she's experiencing, which was pretty scary Mm -hmm. for her. I could tell. And I was like, let her experience. No, that's my friend. I was like, I know my values. I know my responsibilities. And I wanted to make sure that she was okay. But I had this split second of wondering if that was my place, if that was my business. And I was like, I mean, yeah, (laughs) like, you know, like, yes, I have values around like people having the opportunities to experience their life the way they want to. But I think if somebody's going to end their life, for instance, I'm going to stay, I'm going to step in and be like, are you motherfucking sure? Yeah. 
because I really don't want you to because you might decide something different later. And I want, I want to make sure you can. It's meddling. It's not my business technically. And in my values, like I shouldn't, but I always will. And I think that felt like that to me in that moment. I felt like we were that close to all of us felt to me that close to the other side of this reality Mm. that like any of us could have died Mm. for instance. Mm -hmm. And I was accepting it because I had invited except pure acceptance. Mm. And so there were moments when like, you were scared if I was going to harm you. Mm. I was scared if you were going to harm me. And I was accepting all of that. Mm. I was basically like, I mean, if that happens, I think that's, this is the night that's going to happen. You know what I mean? Mm. I was just kind of like, fuck, wow you know that's nuts I don't care for that I do not care for it at all so it was one of those things and in grand total I think the whole thing honestly and correct me if you think I'm wrong I think it lasted like three hours Mm. from 11 (laughs) p.m. to 1 Mm. Mm a.m. because I remember being 115 and and it being almost over everything being almost sort of like completely died down especially just with everybody who was involved and I was like oh this isn't later than folks go to bed you know It felt like it was weeks. I was so scared. It was one of the scariest nights. Of my life feels dramatic, but it was one of the scariest nights. It was very scary. It was one of the scariest nights of my life, for sure. It doesn't feel dramatic to me. And I'm still experiencing it. Like, I think earlier you said something about, do you two not sleep? Mm-hmm. And I was like, that isn't funny to me anymore. Like I am actually at a place with my experience of that night where I'm like, I'm like experiencing like the pain that I haven't really talked about or dealt mm-hmm. or had taken space for or whatever. Like it was, so I'm not s- saying it to be funny. I just want to be really clear. Okay, I'm saying it because I legitimately felt like concerned that I don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't even really know how to explain it beyond that. Me not sleeping, would that make me like a non-human? Is that part of it? Well, yeah, but also like, like, just like, tell me, are you not a human? I don't know. I don't, I felt like I had a better understanding of reality during the trip. And I felt like I was receiving wisdom from other realms Mm -hmm. and it was very scary it was very alarming to receive it and it did not make me feel good Mm -hmm. at all and there were many parts of the trip that were upsetting for me like the whole thing about that but also like this part where I just felt like I the mun, I'm keep thinking like mundanity the the mundaneness of some of the parts of building a business that are hard mm. for me. I don't enjoy the systematizing of everything. Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy the corporatizing. Yeah. Um it scares me because I want to make sure that what we are building has vision and purpose and mission Mm -hmm. and that it's not just existing to exist. Yeah. And that is something that 
is a big point of conflict for me right now because I feel like the work that I have set out to do in this world, like it's not even work that I've set out to do. It's work that the universe has asked of me. And that feels necessary. Mm-hmm. And I have to be reminded that in order for something, a message like that to stand the test of time, it has to be structured. It has to be yeah. encapsulated yeah. to some degree or else it it will stand the test of time because it's an eternal truth, but it will not be. Um, it will not be what it could be. And I think that. I think this work has the opportunity to impact people that I will never meet Mm -hmm. that I could never know that will be alive long after me and beyond me. But I don't want for that work to just become some corporate bullshit. Yeah. And that the darkest part of the trip for me was seeing what that would be like Mm -hmm. for this work that we're doing that is so needed to just become like people managing each other just to manage each other and like like just making products just to make a product Mm -hmm. and like she's not about anything it's not it's not needed Mm -hmm. and it just felt like drivel in my mind Mm -hmm. and so the worst part of the trip was just feeling like I'm just in a circle a cycle of drivel just like just bullshit nonsense over and over again it was disgusting that was the part of it, the Virgo in me really just could not deal with the fact that it was so gross. And mm-hmm. like, you you say I always make a face whenever there's something smelly or something I don't like. Yeah. Like that's, it felt like I couldn't stop making that face. Mm. It's just like, this is gross. Mm. And that to me is worse than pretty much anything because I don't, like death is not a big deal to me. Death mm-hmm. is a necessity Same. of yeah. this life. So I'm kind of like, Meh, whatever about that. But to do something that's just disgusting and that just creates waste and nonsense in this world that I could do without. So anyway, that part of the trip was hard. I did feel bad about what, <laughs> this is the thing about your friend. Your friend knows what's good with them. They know. And I feel like we're good. And I never said that anybody needs to drive anywhere. I was like, you just don't need to be in this house. There's plenty of street for you to sleep on. You can even sleep on the porch if you don't come in here. I don't care. They couldn't be on. They couldn't be in their car on the street. That's them. I don't know. That's what you said. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Jesus. I'm so sorry. I feel really bad about you this should, whole thing. I mean, honestly, <laughs> that's the thing for me is that, like, I think that of the th- of anybody on earth, the three of us are capable of contextualizing that experience mm-hmm. in a way that is that is not okay. So, for instance, my friend uh, subscribes to four agreements. Also, the mm-hmm. first of which being, mm-hmm. don't take anything personally. That's exactly I think if there's right. anybody who could experience this trip the way it needed to be experienced, the way that it could be its most lessonful and like least like uh, w- w- a waste of time. Or like a tr- some kind of traumatic experience that like had no other meaning. The three of us could handle that. Mm-hmm. And so that gives me hope just that it wasn't um, for nothing. Not mm-hmm. that anything is, but that like sometimes it takes people 20 years to be like, um, wow, actually that taught me this thing about my life now. You know what I mean? And that's cool too. I mean, that's how that's supposed to be. I just mean like. Um, I don't think that we're going to waste a lot of time being like, why did I regretting it? Or why did I do that? Or whatever the trip for me, 
I don't know why I can't bring myself to call it a bad trip. It just wasn't mm, a bad trip so for bad. me. Um, I felt like I learned very important lessons mm. about honestly colonization mm. and white people. Mm. And the fact that the two of y'all were black and I was white and I was experiencing that um, in a way that then later made it clear that like my presence, just my existence, my ancestry, like the blood that's in my veins, like it will always be a problem. <laughs> like mm. I can let it go. Mm. I can let go fighting the idea that no, but I'm going to be mm. something different than all of this. You know, mm. there was no getting away for me. There was no getting away from the fact that like, my that I'm just going to cause harm by existing mm. and that that is something that I can in this moment just be aware of mm. and I don't know what it means for later moments of awareness I don't know what it means I don't know what it means any other time than now but I'm just like just be true to your word that like you're not here to take anything from anybody just be just do those things do those things that you know that you're saying and believing about yourself and you're good whatever other people believe about you in this context or any other can't be relevant if all you're doing is being true to your word and your values. Because even if my values are fucked up, if I learn later that my values are really fucked up, what the fuck else am I supposed to guide myself by? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, hopefully I'll learn the things that I need to learn over time and things like that. And hopefully that will change me, et cetera. But one of the biggest things I'm being vague intentionally just because mm. the other parts aren't mine, but I learned about that that like that is gonna just be something that like I can't run away from or get out of or convince somebody differently of someday and I I think this is mostly honestly was like an experience I was having I don't know that either of the two of you were also mm -hmm. having of me or anything like that you know what I mean like we were all having pretty much our own thing mm -hmm. and then a thing that we were having with mm -hmm. each other mm -hmm. and that's on my mind sometimes, but this was like a deeper, I mean, a lot of times, but this was a deeper experience of it in that moment while you were casting harm away from yourself. Mm -hmm. I was also having this experience of like ancestry and lineage mm -hmm. of my own, you know? And, um, oh man, <laughs> I've been accused of a lot of things, you know what I mean? In my life. But, um, I think being, seen by you like my most precious and close person as potentially bringing harm to you intentionally mm. I was just like I wish that wasn't like I wish that it would never even be a thing you had to worry about or wonder about it, that that I would bring you harm cause you harm intentionally because it's like the last thing Go ahead. No, no, no 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 please it's just very 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 far from everything I want to do with you you know what were you going to say? I'm so curious. I was going to say that I felt like you were not the only person having that experience of lineage, mm -hmm. first of all. And I felt very clear on the ways in which I support white supremacy, the ways in which I am part of this system. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, I was so scared of you. I was scared of you as a white devil in my life, mm -hmm. literally. Like I felt like I was being called to understand that mm -hmm. on a very deep level. And that was part of me needing you out of the house. Mm -hmm. And I, there was this moment where I asked my other partner who was not on acid. 
markedly not on acid at all. Like them and their other partner were not. And they were so patient with me in particular with us. But I asked my other partner to walk through the house with you and I to make sure that this other friend was not in the house anymore. And my partner, I asked them to walk ahead of us and then you in between so that I could watch you and then me in back. I was doing so much. Mm. I felt like I was in a horror movie. You were so scared. And you... And I wanted to protect you and I couldn't. And it was a metaphor. And it's the most painful metaphor that I think a white person who's in love with a black person can experience if they're being, keeping it real about race Mm -hmm. that like there is nothing that my privilege, all the privilege and power that I'm bestowed, there's nothing that can keep you safe from white supremacy. But so this was the thing. My other partner is black. There was just so much going on in it for me. And I was like, this is just the same shit. I'm, I felt like the conversations that you and I and this other person we're having my friend your friend they I felt like there was just like fake conversations happening Mm -hmm. and it felt not trustworthy to me it felt not real and when we were walking through the house I was like this does not feel like this this whole thing is just so fucked up And I'm a part of this. I'm playing this out. I've created this. Mm. And it was a very dramatic way of having what I think was actually a very simple uh, realization. It doesn't even have to be simple. I don't know why I'm categorizing it that way. What's the realization? Just that everything is not as it seems. Mm. And that you can tell yourself anything. You will confund yourself all the time. I will confund myself Mm -hmm. and I need to be aware of that or I can be aware of that, but also it doesn't really matter if I am or not. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so it was a really fucked up experience that, um, I think this week now bringing it up, I'm like, Oh, that's a thing. But before mm-hmm. today, I feel like I had thought about it less this week mm-hmm. than I did last week. Last week, it colored a lot. Yeah. And because it's also like you just keep going. <laughs> like you just go back. Because well, the next thing we had to do was move out of the house. Literally. Like we. <sighs> it was too much. It was too much. It was way too much. And it was all happening at the same time. The big, Some of the biggest things ever. Mm. We're all having it at the same time. Some couples live, some couple, monogamous couples, for instance, they'll, mm-hmm. 20 years, maybe they have a threesome. It's a bad idea. They move on. Mm-hmm. That's their whole, that's a huge <laughs> thing, right? Moving out of a house after three years. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That giant yard sale. I, I referenced the one yard sale I had in my 20s. Mm-hmm. It was a huge event. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get rid of everything. That's a whole thing. Moving into a camper. That's a huge thing. Literally. These businesses that are scaling. It's Book huge. <laughs> Second book. Huge. All within like 72 hours. Literally. How? It's too much. So the trip was like, you tripping. I think the trip was like, yeah, rock bottom, bitch. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Have oh a my great God. Day. Wow. The trip was like, you are not 23 anymore. But that wasn't even the end of the trip. The trip is. So then I came back. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah. Then you came back. And you and I had mm. one of the most intense experiences of my life. Mm. We had like, um, we were having sex, mm. which is an interesting follow-up to that whole trip. Mm. I think honestly, when I'm looking back on it, but I think that you and I have an intimacy that we find in uncertain times, sometimes even anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, there was like this, I mean, we had a very intense morning Mm. as the sun's coming up again, mind you, I hadn't slept the night before the yard sale, the night of the yard sale. Now this night of the trip, no sleeping. Like I hadn't slept really in three days Mm -hmm. to your fucking point about me not sleeping. I feel you. It's not that, but I don't feel unhuman. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think we, it might it might feel differently to the two of us. The fact that I don't sleep and the fact that I don't sleep to you. You know what I mean? You told me that you don't sleep. You told me that my father doesn't sleep. You told me that you told this me other person doesn't sleep. He works three. You were growing up. He worked three jobs. Came mm-hmm. home, slept for an hour, and went back yeah. to work. Yeah. So, but not by choice. Or I don't. You think it's by choice that I don't sleep? Are you kidding me? No. Tell me if you think that. No, I don't think It's that. definitely not by choice. I don't think I'll that. just spoil it for you. So then we had this emotional breakthrough. My and I had an emotional breakthrough that you were so amazingly present for and so perfect holding me through, which was I'm I mean all of these things I'm really still just unpacking mm-hmm. a little bit of, you know. Totally. So and then like true troopers <laughs> We got dressed in one of the 15 outfits we own and we went to work. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, we had a very important thing to do. A very important day. A very, very important day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then we came home and kept working on the house. Literally. So that was a lot. We hit it, though. I mean, I was really proud of us. We nailed everything. Yeah. That is new since being with you. mm That like, yes, I will have a bunch of things to do. Yes, there will be a bunch of chaos. Yes, I will come out of it with something. But the things that we come out of it with often are so beautiful. And so like full of just like accepting the reality of the chaos Mm -hmm. and then making something out of it that happens to be our best, that happens to be really good. Mm -hmm. And so that's wild to me that like that keeps happening. Like when it needs to, it's still great, Mm -hmm. you know? And that is, if all of the other shit can be a metaphor, I think that can be a metaphor for me also Mm -hmm. about being with you and working with you. I've been really scared this last couple of weeks that your discernment process since the trip would mean that you don't want to be with me anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's been very on the table. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, caused me to sort of go inward and think about what that means for me. Um, And I just, I think I feel closer to accepting the fact that like, nothing's forever but also clearer about how how much and how many things and how fully I adore you and adore being with you and love our creative practice together excuse me and and just want to be super present for as much of it as I can because through not even through choice of anybody's own like we don't get to decide how long we get to be together you know yeah so that's been really up for me since the trip is both the sort of like, holy shit, like this could be totally different. Even though leading into the trip, I was more confident, more secure in our relationship 
than I've ever been. And then the trip just shattered all of it. (laughs) And I'm literally just back to square one, back to literally in my bullshit, in my relationship spheres, in my like commitment issues, in my abandonment issues, like back to square one with you. And that feels like, it feels like when alcoholics relapse Mm. and they have to go get a 24 hour chip. Jesus. It feels like that. So that's, I think for me, mostly what's new in paradise. (laughs) But beginner's mind kicks in and I, like in eternal sunshine and spotless mind, I would find you again over and over. I think it's true so far. I feel like if it's time for us to not be doing this anymore, Mm -hmm. then it'll be time for that. And I feel like if you feel like that's time, I don't want for you to be, to feel like our relationship is an addiction, Mm. you know? And like, that is how I feel about it. That's what I told. So one of the things coming out of the trip for me is that I've before you felt very much like I'm doing my thing. Like I'm in relationships, but like I'm doing my thing ultimately. And like, if the person that I'm in a relationship with is seeking me to fulfill them, Hmm. they should seek that elsewhere. I don't even, I'm not saying that I don't think that's the way you should be in a relationship. Like there's some people who are, that's how they are in relationships, but Hmm. I can't be that way in a relationship. That's not, it's not for me. And I, part of it is that I get addicted to people and I will seek myself outside of the person. Mm -hmm. And that was part of what came up for me during the trip about you and us was feeling like I'm defining myself through this relationship. Like I'm finding myself in this other person and I want to be bringing my full self to partnership with another human being. And I've said in the days since the trip that I need to be able to find my own autonomy as a human being. Mm -hmm. And from that place, I can be in a relationship with you, but that if it's going to be not coming from that place, I can't because it's not, I'm not, it's not fair to you. Like I'm disrespecting you in our relationship from my own apparently standard of value, ethics, values, Mm -hmm. whatever. But your response to that has made me feel like you want that from me that you don't want me to be my own person is that right that was what i felt like initially when we talked about it i mean i think if you could see it i was trying really hard to see it from your perspective you know and that like coming off of that trip i feel like it was almost easier i was more open but also like it was it was a trauma i'm just like the ways it's coming up for me now like when you reference it i'm like it was a trauma (laughs) and I'll work through it as such, you know, but like the, you talking about this. So essentially the next day you were like, you don't want to sleep with me. You told me in these words, I don't want to have a sexual relationship with you until I can figure this out. So you, you didn't sleep with me, even though we sleep together every night, you didn't sleep with me for four days, which is fine. There's really nothing wrong with that at all. I would say that the vast majority of grown people that I know who are in long-term partnership have separate bedrooms. Mm -hmm. I think that's a smart move. Um, Have them and use them, you know? And I, 
I'm not against that at all. I'm not, I wasn't opposed to it even then. And I, in fact, I feel like that night or some, some, some portion of a night that we were sleeping at some, someday, uh, I think it was the first time you were bringing this up to me. You said you didn't want to, that you needed space. And so I was, we didn't have any other beds at that point. So I inched myself across the bed to the other side and gave you space. And you were like, but I still want to touch you. And I was like, I kind of feel like we shouldn't because you just asked for space. And you said to me the next day that that was important to you, that that meant a lot to you. And I, I feel like my posture around this has actually been like really interested in understanding more about what you need and where you're coming from. And then also, and separately, very scared that my relationship is falling apart. So if you could hold the paradox of both of those things, I think you might understand a little bit more about like different parts of my reaction. So like you have this picture of me as your phone background. That's like been there since we were courting and falling in love. And it's a p- very much a picture of us being in love. And like, we're in a hotel room a couple nights later or morning, maybe. And your alarm goes off and your phone background shows up and it's a different picture which is fine. Like, that's fine. It's just startling to be like, okay, so you don't want to sleep with me. You don't want to look at me. You don't want to think about us being in love. What's the deal? And then you're sharing all these like tidbits that you don't know impact me this way, but that imply that like you and your friends are talking about me not living with you in the trailer and y'all are making plans around me not existing as your partner. And that felt like a statement of priorities that like you were interested in, in building a life outside of the concept of this life that you and I had been building up until now. And that's very scary to me on a lot of levels. I don't even need to say anymore. I'm scared and I can be, and I will be, and I'm going to react from that sometimes and like also try to reflect on it and like have some awareness about it. But it's really scary. It's really scary thank God I'm an Aries. Thank God. Like I exist fine in chaos, like all this shit. Like it's just what's supposed to be, but like we're both having an experience, you know, I don't mean to be stifling you or telling you that you shouldn't have autonomy. I want you to desperately. I'm always trying to understand better how I can fit how I can understand taking care of myself. You know what I mean? And recognize the barriers that I have to even being in an authentic relationship with somebody if I'm not taking care of myself, you know? So like, I feel you, it's really offered me a lot of questions around like how I'm doing that for myself. So like, I'm really not trying to hem you in or hold you back from that. Yeah. But I also really like what we're building. and want to keep doing it. I love what we're building and I love being with you and I want for you to feel secure in what we have together. And I hate the ways that I can't offer that. And I really dislike the, I hate the way I sound in this retelling. I hate the, the amount that it seems like your happiness is pinned on my decision-making, which is so fucking. I think that's the whole point of this. Yeah. I think the whole point of this is that like, I need to be okay. Whatever happens. You said to me after you changed the phone thing and I had a whole emotional breakdown about it. You said to me, what I need, for instance, is to not be undone if you change your phone background. And I was like, 
it's a great goal. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. like, I know it doesn't get communicated all that effectively. Like my whole process as I'm like driving alone in the trail, in my car, pulling the trailer up to our first destination, because in your need for autonomy, you're driving your car, which is great, but it's a change <laughs> in what we said. So I'm sitting in my car driving the two and a half hours or whatever thinking about a lot of things <laughs> you know what I mean and like we're just both having experience yeah. I just want that to be part of all of it all of this you know yeah honestly just I'm trying to be okay with the way that I am portrayed or am seen because I mean I think me too that, yeah I, I agree I mean I think it's a very vulnerable thing that we're doing talking about yeah. all of this and um, it feels very vulnerable to me. Yeah. I mean, we've moved out of the house. We are, um, we spent the last few days at this really lovely cabin here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Um, really tucked away from the world. And it, it really felt like running down the hill. Like the last little bit that we were doing this, um, the move out. Yeah. And um, getting here has felt like running down a hill like that. That's the last leg of a race. Yeah. And then we end in water that like mm -hmm. we're like running into water. And this place has this um, hot tub that I would like to try to get in just like real quick yeah. before we need to leave. Totally. Um, <clears throat> it that has been deeply medicinal and the quiet and the you can lack the of birds. internet connection literally yeah. like all of it has been. it has been really helpful and a really Very great healing. yeah and I just have really appreciated having this conversation with you feels like a great way to kind of I don't know about closing anything but like it's a great way to come out of that like to sit on the shore and yeah. sun off mm. Thank you. you for, I was going to say thank you for your vulnerability. I really appreciate you and your willingness to go there and to be transformed and your openness to truth. Because that's all I want. That's all I actually ever want is just the real, actual, deep, never changing truth. You know, yeah. constantly changing truth, you know, but the real one. Yeah. You know, I love you so much. <sighs> I love you too so much. Thanks. I think you are so special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Would you, do you mind reading this? No, I don't mind. Okay. Dear Jessamine is produced by Tenderfire Media. Follow us on Instagram at Dear Jessamine and find and follow the show on Spotify. There's a bunch more info on this episode, like behind the scenes content, transcriptions, how to find us and our team and more at DearJessamine.com. Our editor and producer is Kylie Roberts. Chaz Van Hoos and Melody Menage do our social media. Janie Leppard does our episode art and Fruit Snack does our music. Anna Rooney makes sure the boat doesn't capsize. And my co-host and partner is Ash Danger Phoenix. I'm your host, Jessamine Stanley. No one should be in jail for weed. Thanks so much. Tender fire. Anyway, okay, drop page. <laughs> <laughs>